0: Welcome to the Albuquerque Three Angels SDA Church Sabbath School Podcast, presented from the Three Angels studio right here in Albuquerque, New Mexico. All right, we are on lesson number nine, A City Called Confusion. I am Elder AJ, and this morning I'm joined by Elder Martin. And we're going to go over um, lesson nine, which is kind of starting to get into um, more of the second angels message. And there's a lot of things that are crossing over between the two, and we're going to talk about that today. What it means, we always hear that word Babylon. You know It's something that's always thrown around, especially in Revelation, and we constantly hear that word. That's something we're going to talk about today and understand um, a little bit more about what it means.
1: So before we get started, Martin, do you want to open up a prayer for us? Absolutely. Father in heaven, as we come together this morning, first and foremost, we glorify your name, Father. You're the God of God, the Lord of Lord. You're amazing, Father, and we have this opportunity to come worship you today and to study out this lesson, Father, that is... um, is very it's a, it's, it's a topic, Father, that uh, people uh, can be confused with, and that's Babylon. It's confusion, and that's what Satan wants us to be in confusion. That's why there's so many churches. That's why there's so many different uh, ways of interpreting that people use to interpret the Bible, Father. But there's only one way, Father, and that's with the Holy Spirit, and that's what we ask you for this morning. In Jesus' name I ask thee, amen. Amen.
0: All right, so the memory verse is found in Revelation 17, 14, and it reads, These will make war with the Lamb, and the Lamb will overcome them, for he is the Lord of lords, King of kings, and those who are with him are called chosen and faithful. And so if you just kind of step back and take a look at this whole lesson, lesson number nine, is the main focus of this lesson is really talking about the great controversy between God and Satan. Um and it comes down to each side, and it talks about symbolism here. And in Revelation 12 and Revelation 17, we see that each side is represented by two women, right? Yes. Um, there's two women presented here, and each one, as we know, represents a church, church. or a church system, right? A pure system. And, a, and, a, corrupt and system. a corrupt system. And a corrupt system. Right. Yeah, there you go. And, and so these symbols are talking about the followers of those two sides. And and at first, when I started reading this lesson, I was like, okay, yeah, great controversy, God's saying but when you start getting into the other days of this lesson you see that it's really talking about the followers, those who go along with it too. It's not just the system as a whole, so that 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 kind of brings into into play each one of us. We have a part to play in all of this. And so that was really interesting as 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 I was reading throughout this lesson. And it talks about here on the first uh, portion of the lesson, it says throughout the Bible, a pure woman symbolizes the bride of Jesus or the true church, right? And so we talk about that pure woman, the the one that's um, found to be without blemish, right? We know that represents the true church, God's true church, the one who is following him, keeping his commandments, doing the things that he wants them to do. Mm -hmm. And on the bottom here, it talks about um, the daughter of Zion or a faithful woman to describe God's people. And if you can read that in Jeremiah 6 two, and there's a bunch of other verses here in the lesson that you can go along and read that as well. Um, but it's interesting here in the, in this portion of the lesson on the bottom is that it talks about, it, it mentions Israel's rebellion and its unfaithfulness to the woman dressed in scarlet, right? And it talks about, so we see the pureness of, of God's church. Mm-hmm. But then it says, in contrast, the Bible likens apostasy to Harlotry or adultery. Speaking of Israel's rebellion and unfaithfulness, and that one little section right there really got me because it, it made me think about wow, Israel's rebellion and unfaithfulness. That that told me something that there, those characteristics were still considered to be something that were contrary to God, to to what God wanted from them, right? Yeah, it was
1: disobedience, bro. Yeah, it, it's the bottom line. is disobedience because they just kept falling uh, into idolatry. Into idolism, into false worship—that that's their problem. Yeah, it just it was disobedience. The bottom line, and it and it was interesting because
0: like we always look at the we can we have a tendency to look at this and say, well, it's it's that system outside, it's the people outside of the church, it's it's over there, right? It's the other churches. But uh, if we look at who who Israel was, they were followers of God. Oh man, God. they were the ones who were following Him, and so this was like a warning to us as well that. You could be a follower of Christ. You could be, you know, f- trying to do what's right, keeping the commandments of God. But when you have rebellion and unfaithfulness in your heart, <laughs> it's to me
1: they seem like spoiled kids. Yeah, they they wanted to do what they wanted to do. It's God did some amazing things with them. Mm-hmm. He, he He redeemed them. He pulled them out of bondage. He took took them across the Red Sea. He took them. He gave them water. He gave them manna in the desert where there was no water and there was no food. Yeah. This is the things that people see. I mean, these obviously, they, weren't, they were not from Missouri, you know, because Missouri is the show-me state. They, they were shown. We haven't been shown. It's a different thing for us today. Yeah. We see things uh, that they were able to see that we don't see today. Yeah, that's true. And so the real issue here comes down
0: to what we are going to look at as truth and error. There's yeah. truth and there's error. And we can't always just assume that because we're following what we follow, that it's, we're, oh, we're, we're pure truth. Yeah. We can have a lot of unfaithfulness on our side just because we believe in the Bible and believe in Jesus Christ, or just like the children of Israel, right? We can have rebellion in our hearts. Yeah. And that is telling us here yeah, that it's still categorized as being something that goes against it, as against God. And that's that's something that's crazy to me, that, that even professed followers of God, Christians, right, can still fall into
1: the same trap. And so that's something that's to, to, for us to be aware about. And it happened. It's happening today still yeah. with our families, with our children. I mean, you could tell your child, don't go touch that or don't go do that over and over and over. And what happens? They Their curiosity gets the best of them. And they said, well, I'm not going to listen to mom and dad yeah. you know, or who ever told me not to do something. I'm going to go do it. mm mm-hmm. And then they end up in that position where now you have to discipline them. Yeah. And that's what God did many times, disciplining these rebellious, stiff-necked, unfaithful (laughs) people. And many people will look at that and say, well, you know, God is just mean
0: and angry, and look what he does to those people. He doesn't, you know, all he wants to do is punish them. And it's like, go back and look at the stories and see how many chances he gave the people, how many chances he gave. How many chances does he give us today? Over and over, he has some such compassion with us to yeah. to be able to be so patient with us to 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 deal with the things that we do. <laughs> you know, we, think about when Jesus was on this earth, and one of the twelve disciples, Judas, walked with him for the entire time of his he ministry. He allowed him to be there, even though he he knew what was going to be the end result, mm-hmm. and he still allowed him to stay. Why did he do that? Like he could have known already. Well, just get out of here. You're gonna you're gonna deny, You know, you're gonna sell me out anyway. What's the point? And so we see in that, even in that story, how much patience and and he just had so much patience with the person to try to continue to reach to them, you know, reaching to their heart, reaching to their heart to try to get them to turn
1: back. That's, you know, that's why the Bible says the time is short and um, even unto death. I mean, God is right there by your side, waiting for you to accept him as your Lord and Savior. Mm -hmm. Look at the man, look at the thieves on the cross, one it, it's an example of us. It's a symbol of like what we live today. You have the good and the evil, and the one that finally confessed to the Lord and asked for forgiveness, he was saved at that last moment. Yeah. And so if we
0: see, um, we, we hear in this lesson on the word Babylon a lot, and it and in the notes here it talks about that it's derived from the word Babel, which signifies confusion. Yeah. It is employed in Scripture to designate the various forms of false or apostate religion, right? So as we see here, and, and we're going to go through the lesson, is that Babylon is represented as a woman, a figure which is used in the Bible as a symbol of a church, a virtuous woman re- representing a pure church, and a vile woman re- representing the apostate church. apostate church. So those are the kind of things that we're going to look at, especially now as we go into Sunday, when it talks about those two contrasting systems, right? The two contrasting systems. And so in Revelation twelve seventeen, we read, and we've read this before in a couple of the other lessons, that the dragon was enraged with the woman, and went off to make war with the rest of her children who keep the commandments of God and hold the testimony of Jesus Jesus Christ. This verse is so significant because when Jesus died on that cross, it was at that moment that Satan realized he had lost. Like that's it. Okay. There's no possible way that I'm going to win. So now with that realization, he focuses his attention on God's followers, his church, his people. Mm -hmm. And today, as we sit here, we are the objects of his attack because he, he doesn't want us to be able to continue to follow God. He says, look, I'm going to go down, I'm going to take as many down as I can as possible. You know the, the, what's, the, what's the best way to get back at somebody <laughs> to take away take away what they have, right? Yes And so if we're God's children, mm-hmm. he wants to take us away from he, Satan wants to take us away from God.
1: You know? we're that offspring, man. We are the offspring and you're right. Satan's doing everything in his power to take down. His. He's a sore loser. <laughs> he, he's not going to go down by himself. He's going down in flames, because you're right. We're on the winning team. All we have to do is stay firm and um, solid in our
0: in our beliefs. And and that's that's the challenge because that's not always easy to do. You know? That's one of the hardest things to do is day to day. You, you, you know, many people say, "Oh, once saved, always saved." You know, you're good for you're good. But I could wake up tomorrow and say, you know what? I feel discouraged today. I don't want to follow God anymore. Yeah. God gives me that freedom, right? That's part of part of love. Love gives you freedom of choice. Yeah. And so we each each day as we wake up to a new day, we have that ability to say, "I today I want to choose to follow God." Mm-hmm. And yeah. we all have to make that choice individually. And sometimes for some people, that choice is not even daily. It's it's hourly, <laughs> you know, depending on the type of people you're hanging around and, and your influences and the things you're doing that could be an hourly thing that you have to make that decision. Like, yeah, I don't want to get myself involved in this, you know,
1: throughout the day, Satan will shoot. He'll shoot those, Mm -hmm. those poisonous darts at you. That's why first thing in the morning is the best time to prepare yourself, consecrate yourself to God, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Lord use me today. And uh, you're going to get those um, negative people that come before, you know, in the mornings at work or wherever you're, maybe, maybe when your customers, they're going to give you attitude and, and the first thing we want to do is we want to attack, right? Yep. We want to be on the defense, and that's not. We need to be on the offense and say, you know, and just agree. Yeah. Agree to disagree, and the customer's never wrong, right? And when
0: you do that, sometimes <laughs> they're a bit taken back. Yeah. You know? they, I think a lot of times people want you to argue with them. They um, they get this, like, hey, I'm I'm used to yelling at somebody and them coming back at me, mm-hmm. that retaliation that we naturally have. And so a lot of people expect that already. And so when somebody comes at you and you don't respond that way, and you respond in a in a in a loving, kind way, they almost don't know what to do with it. They kind of give you this confused look, like, ah, "What are you doing? Like you're supposed to, you're supposed to be attacking me. I just attacked you." And and right. sometimes it kind of defuses the situation right away. And they just want nothing to you know. They just okay, never mind. And I've actually had people come back and just hey apologize to me on their own yeah. without me because I just chose not to say anything. And. Sometimes they go back and they feel bad for what they did. Yeah. Sometimes that's the way it works. Sometimes you know, it's the complete opposite as we know, but but it's something that like you said, it that we have to face. Yeah. We're gonna have to face on a daily basis, right?
1: Yeah. Our actions every day will tell uh, people what our uh, what we're um, who we're part of or what you know, are we with God <laughs> or are we with the world? Yeah.
0: Yeah. And that that's and what it's by our actions. I was, by we, the fruits. We we're talking about that this week in our family and just like, hey, Profession is, profession is just profession. You can profess to be a Christian all day, yeah. but if you're not showing it to the world, people are just gonna say, "Yeah, yeah, right. You're nothing," you know. And I'm sure you get it. You've seen it before. I've had situations where, you know, you're driving in this city and you see the little fish, little logo on the back of someone's car. You know, they're a Christian. and It says Jesus loves you. Mm-hmm. But I've seen people you do something wrong and they will give you a special finger and (laughs) honk that horn at you. And I'm like, what are you, what are you doing, man? You're just not, you're not representative of what you're showing on the outside. To me, I can look on the back of your vehicle and say, Oh man, this guy's a Christian. He loves God. Look, he likes Jesus. But then he does something that's contrary to that. And it's like, man, that's that. No, those, those stickers are just fake. Those stickers are just there to present to, 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 as a show.
1: Right. They'll know us by our fruits. They'll know you by your fruits. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I kind of heard a little bit about that. It's, it's you know we can put on this facade exterior that we look like. Oh wow, that's a good person. Yeah. But they don't know the inside. Yeah. The difference between that, me looking at you or somebody else, I can see the outside facade, but I can't see what's going on the inside. Yeah. Yeah. And the inside is where the where the sin or the poison is, and it's mm-hmm. just waiting to attack.
0: And you know, the funny thing about that is that because we only see the outside, we often pick out on those things that we can see, like. People, you know, com- committing open sin in a sense, what you would say open sin, things that everybody can see and that everybody would know. You say, oh, man, that person is not doing what's right. But how does somebody know that I could come to church, put on my suit, say all the right things and go home and do the exact same things? Nobody's going to know. Right. Because they can't see it. That's why it's so dangerous to be able to you know, get into the thing of judging people because. We can only see the outside. God sees the heart. He knows what's going on with that individual. He knows what's going on with that person. He's trying to reach them. And we only see them on the outside. And we right away our natural thing is to condemn them. Right. Condemn them. We're like, hey, well, what's wrong with them? They must be doing something wrong. They don't get it. There's that they have problems. But we don't have, we have no idea what their relationship is with
1: God. We don't know if they had a bad night sleeping. We don't know if they <laughs> yeah. were sick. We don't know if they had a they lost somebody that they loved mm-hmm. or something. A uh, significant emotional event has taken place in their life. We don't know that. That's why no. I always, me and my wife are always talking about this. You know, she says um, she always tells me too. You know, careful, don't be judging. Yeah, and and that's good. I'm glad she puts me uh, in check, and I do the same for her. And but we do it in a loving way. We don't do it, you know, sarcastically. Oh, look at you. There you go, acting like. Like, uh, like 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 you're someone's God. I said, no, that's yeah. that's not how we should approach things. We should approach things in a loving way and understand that everybody has their life and they live their lives and whatever's going on in their lives, We sometimes we just don't know.
0: Yeah, and, and a lot of the times, like you said, those traumatic experiences are the things that make them kind of revert. Yeah. We've all been in those situations. We get to a point where we get discouraged or we feel depressed. And yes. when we get into those situations, we, we have a tendency to go back to the things we used to do the things you know things that how we used to live our life before you know sometimes people go back to drinking if they haven't drank they go back to smoking you know they go back to whatever whatever it is there's there's we have a tendency to go back to it because it was the last place that we remember having some type of either whether it's called comfort or distraction from from the problems of the world and that's why we go through that we're going to go through ups and downs you know that's the lesson today Sunday
1: the two <coughs> contrasting systems. Mm-hmm. We can see that Satan's going to use a counterfeit. Everything God does that is good, Satan's going to do something to counteract that. Though yep. it may present itself as, wow, that's that's what I want to do. Yeah. But it's a it's just a trap. It's a snare that's going to ca- catch us sooner or later. Yeah. And and as we know through, you know, reading through the Bible and even
0: you know, everything from after the Bible's, you know, ends in Revelation through the time period of current day, we know throughout the centuries, God has always had a people who are faithful to Him. There's always a there's always a group of people who are going to follow God and continue to be true. You know, and he, and as discouraging as it seems that there's such a small number, God always has His faithful followers, and it's mm-hmm. those who and the thing that separates them, right? It's those who keep the commandments of God, God and the testimony of Jesus. That's going to be the thing that that is the separator, right? Yep. Do you keep the commandments of God or do you not? And those are the ones that'll be called chosen and faithful, right?
1: Are the ones who keep the commandments of God. That's that's the type of creator we worship, bro. <coughs> He's always had that remnant, that leftovers, the remnants, the the <laughs> the crumbs, I the guess. Crumbs,
0: yeah. And, and despite all the attempts to to squash it out, it continues to go forward. Mm-hmm. You know, it continues to go forward.
1: The more I study, the more I read. Even to, to the um, back in his back through biblical history, you, there's. There was always a remnant, and, and they always were mm-hmm. um, carried through, and and that's happening today too. Yeah, still I, I, That's our prayer is that we will be part of that remnant, that chosen, you know, chosen yeah. of God, which is not easy. <laughs> no. It's a, the world we live <clears throat> in today, uh, AJ is is it? I mean, it's so much gets thrown at us. It's every day we have to be on guard with, with our minds and our hearts because. Satan's doing everything in his power. He's and he hasn't come full force yet. It's yeah. there's a day he's it's gonna be full force.
0: And and if you don't think it's remnant, um I was sharing the other day uh I don't remember which 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 channel it was, but uh it may have been Hope Channel. Um, that the last year's population of the Seventh day Adventist Church was around twenty two million. And you're like, worldwide. You're like, man, that that's a lot of people, twenty two million. But then you realize that we just crossed eight billion people in this world and you're yeah. like Wow, we are truly, truly a remnant, you know. It's just yeah. even this denomination, it, this church is such a remnant in comparison to all the denominations in the world and all the, the different forms of religion that there are in the world. We're, we're still a small, very small number yeah. in comparison, you know.
1: The, the mission field, the laborers are few, right? That's yeah. what the Bible says. It's like the sands of the sea will be lost. And that's our, we've been commissioned by God entrusted by God to do His will and go out and spread the good news, the gospel, right? And uh, that, that's a burden. That's a burden that we uh, we face from time to time. You know, I, I know I do. It's a It yeah. weighs on my shoulders. Are we doing enough? Are we doing, what can we do more? And it, it's like it, it becomes um, something that is difficult to even grasp. But God's in control that we just need to do what God wants us to do.
0: Yeah, and and I was, you know, that's that's also another thing too. I was talking to my wife this week about um, we were talking about like service and how it's our, you know, once once we accept God, it's not just you accept God and that's it, and you're all good, you're good to go. You want to share that with the world. Yeah. You want to share it with other people that are, are that are around you and part of your life. Um, and sometimes it's not always easy to do. Mm-hmm. But the, that the the fact of service, sometimes it's easy for us. And we were talking that it's easy for us to get caught up in, in making sure that we're serving the church, but not serving people, if that makes sense. We we can get caught up in doing our positions and making sure everything, you know, we're, we're teaching our Sabbath school lessons and we're preaching and we're making sure everything's going good in our church. And that's, that's important because we need to, but are we serving the ones outside who need it too? Are we serving the people around us who are hurting or are we only focused about just what's in our circle because yeah. sometimes we can get caught up in just focusing who's in our circle and our group of believers mm-hmm. and forget that other people that are out there hurting that that need jesus
1: still we that. keep preaching to the choir yeah
0: exactly and so sometimes i think we can we get we get you know just we get so busy and so caught up in doing service every day for our church but we're not serving the people that that really, that still need it and maybe haven't heard this message ever before, Mm -hmm. you know? And sometimes it's not going to be, we're not going to be able to give them a Bible study. We're going to, might be able to just, you know, talk with them for a couple of minutes and pray for them and, you know, tell them that somebody cares when they're on their last hope. I mean, that's, that's a, that's a big deal, you know? Yeah. Um,
1: You know, uh, we're talking about the two contrasting systems within the context of the three angels messages, right? And think about this. You have a job, or you go to school, mm-hmm. or whatever you do in life, if you don't do it well, you're either going to be fired <laughs> or expelled. or <clears throat> there's, there's repercussions, right? Yes. As and always. the message that I want to put to the masses, and I pray maybe <clears throat> many people will listen to this podcast, that God is is not a vindictive God. He's a loving God. Death is not natural to him. He doesn't want us to perish. But there's an entire world out there that is mired in iniquity, and he's going to have to deal with the problem of sin. Mm -hmm. In heaven, there will be no sin. And that's a, the thing that's hard for people to finally come to grasp with. I'm living my life. It's what I want to do. It's I don't need nobody or no book or no God to tell me how to live my life. But I'm telling you, my friend, God is going to deal with sin. And he cannot, we cannot be in the same place where God dwells. Sin will not dwell there.
0: Yeah. And it, it talks about here in Revelation and it, that ancient city of Babylon is taken to be a type, a symbol, or end-time, what we call end-time Babylon, right? <clears throat> the prophecies of Revelation Babylon represents a false religious system that will have similar characteristics to Old Testament Babylon. The principles that guided ancient Babylon will be undergirding structure of modern spiritual Babylon. And when you, when you think about that word, even just that word, confusion... How much confusion is going on in the world today? Yeah, there's so much of it. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I was studying on a topic and I wanted to just see what what the internet. You know, you go to the internet, you just do random searches sometimes, and I and I was just randomly searching stuff like, "Who is Jesus?" And you get re- ter- you know you get a bunch of results back. tells you Jesus is Jesus, you know, Son of God. He's you know he came to live and die. But then there's you go down, you keep going and you realize that there's a lot of other things that are not true either that are thrown into those results, you know? Jesus was just simply a man. Jesus was a prophet. Jesus was a good teacher, but he wasn't the Son of God. And you know, and you have all of these things, and sometimes if you're searching, you're actually left with more confusion. And I think that's by design. Satan wants to do that by design. He wants to confuse people. He, you know, we don't know what's true anymore. Sometimes we... You know, we hear fake news. We see fake news. We, we don't know exactly what's happening all the time. We don't know if what's being reported to us is actually the truth. Yeah. And so there's so much so much of it that's fake. And so he wants this. He wants to continue down that path because he wants us to say, oh, man, you know, maybe this is true. Maybe this is true. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's not true. Maybe what I believe isn't true. And the more confusion he can cause, right, the, the more the confusion, then he causes us to say, oh, maybe none, none of this is important to me. I'm just going to stay back. And a lot of people pull back away from any type of religion because there's so much confusion. of What's the right religion? What's the right Jesus? What's the right God to follow? Mm-hmm. There's so many things, so many questions that come up. And when people are searching, it's not easy for them to, mm-hmm. to actually come with a definitive answer, right? And that's very yeah. difficult. But I think that's by design. Satan's doing that by design yeah. to create just a, a total confusion for people so that way they don't know what they're following.
1: See, Satan does, does not want us to read the Bible. mm um, my grandson asked me a question a couple of weeks ago. He said, "Grandpa, why is there so many churches?" Mm-hmm. So that was a deep question for a twelve-year-old, yeah. thirteen-year-old to ask. <clears throat> I said, "Well, there's a lot of reasons. It's because people interpret Bibles the way they want to interpret, and that's exactly there's so many churches because Satan wants to create this confusion. You go, you go to I can go to another church right down the road and hear something totally different than mm-hmm. the three angels' message. You know, and and that that Christ died for us and um, that Jesus is God. It's something for people that they can't put their hands and arms around. I just told my grandson, you know, read your Bible. And that's what I would recommend to people. Read your Bible. If you hear a sermon, go back and research it for yourself. Is that exactly what the Bible says? Check it. Check it out. Yeah. And the same thing. I
0: encourage anybody who hears this podcast to check it out. Check it out. You know, if I'm reading Amen. scriptures to you, go back and look up the scripture yourself. Check it out. Go Amen. download a, a Sabbath school lesson and check out what we're reading. You know, it's, go. you know, I want you to check the facts and check it out for yourself. Don't just take our word for it. You know, yeah. And that's something that we should all do. We should all be making sure that we're checking the facts. And so and that's kind of like what we were talking about with, the when I was doing the search, um, You can get a a bunch of false results, but if you really take some time and start looking into things, you start realizing, okay, well, I'm gonna go read about what this person says, and and it's kind of, it doesn't seem, it kind of has a dead end, right? They're not backing it up with scripture, or they're not backing it up with this. They're just doing their own opinion, and a lot of times you can weed a lot of those things out because you say, well, if I if I want to just follow the Bible, there's only a couple of ways that follow the Bible, and when you follow the Bible, they all point back to the same thing. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Who he was the Son of God, the Son of God, the Son of God, and so go, you have. You might not know what you're searching for in the beginning, but if you know, okay, I want to follow God, I want to follow Christ, I want to change of life. Go to your Bible, and just follow that. The Word of God is the guide.
1: That's the blueprint, bro. That's it. It's the blueprint for us, and we and it collects dust on the shelves. And we give them away. Yeah, and that yeah. might be the best thing because since we're waste, <clears throat> we're wasting uh, our time not reading it. Mm-hmm. Let somebody else get um, earn, uh, get the fruits from it. Yeah.
0: And so, when we look at the two contrasting systems, it made me think about so many people today. <clears throat> they claim that there's a bunch of different roads to to get to you know to heaven. If we say, if, if, if everybody's view of heaven, there's um, different ways to meet the spiritual needs of the people. But it's always telling us here: there's only two sides. Yeah. There's there's always been two sides and there's all always ever going to be two sides. We can make as many different paths as we want, but they all lead to the same way. You know, like you said, you can have hundreds of churches, hundreds of religions, Mm -hmm. but it's either going to go to one side or the other. See, they're going to, you're going to either flow out to God or you're going to go out to Satan. one or or the other, you know, and, and I think one of the issues that we're, that we're going to face if we're not already facing it today is that, um, there's going to be a massive increase in false teachings, yeah. false teachings, false doctrine, false worship. Um, and that's something it talks about here in the lesson, right? When it talks about that, the woman is drunk and committing fornication, it's talking, it's symbolic of false teachings, false doctrines, false practices. That's going to be, there's going to be an increase of that, especially now as we get closer to, to the end, there's going to be an increase of false, um, all, all kinds of false worship to get us to be distracted from following the true God. What do you, what is one thing that you hear from a lot of people today? Oh, church church is boring, man. Yeah. Church is boring. You guys just sing old hymns from, you know, from 1800s like, "Come on, get with it. We want some guitars. We want some rock music." Right? We want to we want to jump up and down. If it's not exciting, if it's not, you know, riveting to them, they mm-hmm. think it's boring.
1: And and so they don't want anything to do with that. It's about make make me feel good. <clears throat> you know, if my toes not tapping and my I can't feel that thump <clears> on <throat> my chest from the music being playing, then you're right. They're saying it's boring. But church is not to come to make me feel good, mm-hmm. right? It's about worship. We're worshiping our, our Creator, God. We're we're, we're here to. Uh, it's a, it should be a delight. It should be a joy. Now we're in the presence of our Creator and we're now worshiping Him. It's about that uh, relationship, it's all about relationship, right? It, it's like I always tell people there's only two groups and there's beautiful people uh, be- saints out in every religion just waiting for God to call them right And it, I always tell people it's like a it's like two mountains in the valley. You can't don't find yourself when Jesus comes or tomorrow in that valley. You' either got to be on one side or the other. Satan is, um, he, he, uh, he's, he's the leader of that group that wants to do false worship. Wants, maybe they don't even have a, a love for God. Maybe they're atheists. You know, even God loves every person, regardless of your religion, race, color, creed. He loves us all. But so there's only going to be two groups. You're going to be on God's mountain. Or Satan's mountain. Yeah. Don't be in the in the valley. And in the valley you're with Satan. <laughs> yeah. Okay, by, Everything by, default, from the valley, I, by default, by you, default. You you can't be neutral. I mm-hmm. can't have one foot in and one foot out. You can only serve one god. You yeah. can't ter- worship two gods, right?
0: Yeah. And many people want to stay neutral. Well, I don't want to pick a side. I'm just going to stay right here in the middle where it's comfortable and I'm not going to be on anybody's side. But you're going to default to to one side or the other. You're going to
1: you have to I'm going to tell everybody, it's, uh, just, just you know, look at this, look at your life. It, you're not, either side you're going to be on, you're going to be uncomfortable, because you've mm-hmm. lived the world the way you wanted to live it, now you're living a better, more righteous life. Yeah. It's not going to feel natural to you. It's going to take time, of course, yeah. You will slowly build that relationship with Satan. but na- uh, naturally, we're sinful in nature. So we adapt very easy to yes. sin, yeah. right, to the world, mm-hmm. the way the world is going. Yeah, we you don't want to be in that mainstream. you can
0: do something good for a year and, and be consistent with it and turn back in a day yeah because it's just natural for us to go back to to that lifestyle to do those things that we do. it's just the way it's just the way it is you know and, and I always talked about the symbolic um, of the false teaching false doctrines and practices. One of the one of the dangers of that, especially now is that, it, that these false forms of worship and false doctrine are going to be so close to the original, that it's going to be hard for us to tell the difference, right? If you're just a casual Christian, you're, you're going to fall for it. Yeah. If you're not reading your Bible, understanding what the scripture says, understanding who God is, how he matters to you and personally as your life. That's why, why do you think it's called a personal savior, right? It's for you. It's not for, it's not corporate. You know, ch- church worship is good as a corporate worship is good, but personal worship is extremely important because yeah. it has that connection to you. It's meaningful to you for a specific purpose, and so, as we're faced with going you know, to be faced with false doctrine and false teachings, if we don't know what the Bible says about truth, we're going to hear something. And we're to say, "Oh yeah, that that sounds right. Yeah. yeah, I'm that's probably right." And I'm gonna I'm gonna follow that because that seems to be okay. If you have no idea, it's I mean, how how many people today get scammed? <sighs> you know, internet scams, phone scams. We hear about it all the time, and people get scammed out of money or or property because something looked le- completely legitimate. You know, I get emails constantly to my email telling me, hey, you know, sorry, you've been locked out of your Apple account. Just enter, click this button here into your password and you'll be all good to go. And so somebody who's not, you know, really understanding what that means, they're going, oh, oh, man, yeah, I don't want to be locked out of my account. Hit the button and go type in their password and then suddenly you gave your password away to somebody who wants it and now they can control your whole life if it, this happens so so you know this happens daily because those emails that or those phone calls they sound legitimate they sound real they're so close to something that you would actually get from your bank or from you know maybe from from a business that you've done business with that they seem legitimate and so if we're not aware of that there's a counterfeit that there's fakes out there we're going to fall to it like that you know it happens all the time
1: it it doesn't um Surprise me when someone tells me they've been scammed. Mm-hmm. I know a person today mm-hmm. that was scammed horribly. Yeah. Um, and if you don't un- if you don't know the difference between the true and the counterfeit, then it's going to be easy. What do you think? Bank tellers they don't show them fake money; they show them the real money. Real so money. when they see the fake money, they said, "Oh, this is this <clears throat> doesn't feel right, doesn't look right. Mm-hmm. This is out of place." They 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 can pick up on that in in a heartbeat. Yeah. And we need to be able to pick up on that. When somebody's uh, preaching to us or talk, speaking to us of God's word, and they give us uh, something that's a little bit, hmm, that didn't sound right. That didn't sound right, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, make a stand and come back. And If you don't know the answer, then go back and study it out and then say, hey, you know, last time we talked, you mentioned <laughs> this. I'm, I'm, and, and do it in a loving way. Don't do it in yeah. a way like, man, you're what's wrong with you? Why would you even say that? Yeah,
0: because sometimes you know they might be learning too. You yeah. know, it just mean that, doesn't no? doesn't always necessarily mean that it's somebody coming in to try to deceive you. It just could be somebody learning and yeah. mis- misinterpreting something as well, Good or point. seeing something in a different way. Good point. But like you said about the about the money, it was interesting that it is true that the counterfeit they don't worry about learning all the different counterfeit models. They only learn the original, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's the same for us. We don't have to read a bunch of books on trying to figure out all the counterfeits. Just read the Bible. Just know the truth. Once you know the truth, you're going to pick out the counterfeits immediately because yeah. you're going to know, oh, that's not right. That's not right. That's not right. Mm-hmm. You know, we Amen. don't have to go study all of the counterfeits. So Beautiful. And so we go to Monday. It talks yeah. about the wine of the wrath. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and here it's talking about the fallen church system that is mentioned here in Revelation has an international reach influencing people around the world with her deceptions. And we, it talks about here say, uh, that Satan is enraged with the gospel to be proclaimed to every nation, tribe, tongue, and people, which we talked about in the first angel's message, right? So he employs every possible deception to captivate the minds of the inhabitants of the earth. When it says the inhabitants of the earth, that means yeah. that everybody. everybody. He wants to try to captivate everyone to get them to be <clears throat> completely deceived, right? And so he's going to do it not just to the people who don't follow God, but especially to the people who are claiming to follow God because he knows if he has somebody in his deception already, and they're already, uh, and they they're not reading their Bible, they're not paying attention to what's going on. I got them. But he wants to get the person who's reading their Bible, or yes. maybe the easier one for him to get is the person who only reads their Bible, maybe uh, maybe once a week, right? Maybe on Sabbath only. They open their Bible, turn to the scriptures going on in the sermon, call it a day. Those are the ones he's going to really attack because they're, hey, they don't they don't know what's going on. I'm going to get them right. And then he'll continue to work on to people, even ones who study Yes, study really well. He's going to still continue to try to get you. Just because you study your Bible doesn't mean you're safe. Mm -hmm. It just means that you're more aware, Mm -hmm. that you have the ability now to be able to understand that there's counterfeits and that there's false systems of worship and that you can pinpoint those out a lot quicker than if if you didn't know anything, right? The
1: the Bible says, even if possible, the very elect could be deceived. Mm -hmm. That means those that are studied, those that are in the Word, you know... I like the part where it says the gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world. Yeah. Uh, Some people are saying, well, once save, always save. And when God comes, he's going to, he's going to give, he's going to provide me the kingdom. But the kingdom should be happening right now. It should be happening right now in our minds and in our hearts. That's where the kingdom needs to be established now. Um, So that's, I think that's very important for uh, the listeners and us to continue to work on that because and first thing in the morning is ask the lord to put that that uh, that uh, fence around you protect you help you I mean it's ultimately we make the decisions we can step out of that protective zone anytime we want yeah. but we ask the lord to help us through those difficult moments and times but anyway I, I just wanted to mention the kingdom is in us right now that's what we need to be establishing right now yeah I mean it talks about the
0: you know deceptive That deceptive, um, his deceptive ways, captivating the minds of the, of the inhabitants of the earth. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you look around today, it doesn't seem like we're too far away from that, right now happening. Um, It's happening around us, already today. I mean, I've recently I've been talking to a lot of people and people who used to believe in God used to read their Bibles, and current day they're, no longer doing anything. They're To the point of almost being atheist, not quite atheist, but to the, they're to the point where they just don't want to believe in anything anymore that they once believed. And I'm talking about people who believe this for 15, 20 years have given it up completely and said, no, I don't want to do that no more. I don't believe in any of that. I'm not even sure if heaven's real. Somebody actually told me that. I'm not even sure if heaven is real. And Man, when I when I have those conversations and I'm able to to talk to people like that, who used to believe the exact same thing I believed, it's like it's it makes it real what you're reading here that that those those deceptions and captivating the inhabitants of the earth, that's real. It's happening around us already today. We're we're seeing it, you know, and we might we not might not be seeing it on a large scale, but we're already starting to see this happening within within groups of people that we that we even know. I think it's just something that makes you a little bit more like you have to be more aware. Yeah. You
1: know. That's what the world's teaching, my friend. Um, I was talking mm-hmm. to two young men, one uh, my son-in-law's friends, and neither one of them believe in God. Yeah. But they do believe in the Big Bang Theory, <laughs> evolution. Um and even today, uh, they're trying to harmonize evolution and creation thinking that god did it over a long period of time we studied that last week um and that that's that captivating the minds and that's why i'm saying we have the kingdom of god is at hand that means we need to prepare ourselves now our kingdom is in in the head and in our hearts preparing ourselves for the literal kingdom in heaven which is god has said he's going to prepare a place for us right christ when he i go to prepare a place for you and if i Say I'm going to go do that. I'm going to come back for you. Yeah. So he's yeah. preparing a place for us. We need to prepare ourselves and the captivation of our young people's minds and and not just young. You mentioned those that have been in the faith for twenty plus years. Yeah, Happening. even if the very possible, the very elect could be deceived. Anything could take us off track. Yeah. And when I see that, I look at
0: that and I say, oh, "We're not safe. You're not. Nobody. Nobody's no. safe. You know. You have to be constantly battling every day because." In an instant, all everything that you've believed for years and years can just be undone like that. You know,
1: it's you've <sighs> got to have a sentinel of the guard, a guard always standing by, watching. Because when that guard takes a break or takes his eye off the off the mark, that's when Satan has does his best work. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we need to make sure that. We stay aware, alert. You know, when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane, <clears throat> this, the disciples kept falling asleep, right? Yeah. God, be vigilant. Be aware, because at any moment, the deceiver is coming. Mm-hmm. Prepare yourself. And, and it talks about
0: in Revelation 17 too, you know, continues with that with that image that the inhabitants of the earth were made drunk with the wine of her fornication. We're just talking about the symbolism of the pure juice of, of the grape is used throughout the New Testament to present the untainted, right? It's representing untainted. Yes. Pure blood of Jesus Christ poured out for our salvation on the cross. But there's there's an opposite side to that too, yeah. right? That, that wine that makes people drunk. And it's not necessarily talking about, hey, we might not be physically drinking today, you know, yeah. getting drunk. But what other things in our lives... Are making us drunk and unaware Mm -hmm. right we might be consumed with overeating we might be consumed with watching streaming shows (laughs) we might be consumed with listening to music and having all kinds of distractions that are blocking out um that that pureness of jesus in our lives and so sometimes we're made drunk right we're we're kind of confused we're disoriented we're not knowing exactly what's going on and that's when that's when the enemy attacks us Mm -hmm. the most because he says well now i got you because what happens what happens if people get drunk they make stupid choices. They, they they don't, they're not thinking straight because their their cognitive ability to be able to make the right choice is gone. They've they've given that up when they've chosen to become drunk. And so now they're doing these random, crazy things. You know, you watch videos of people doing these these absolutely idiotic things when they're drunk. It's like, how could somebody do that? Well, they're they're they are they do not have control. And so in our lives, if we're in that spiritual drunkenness. Yes, we can be consumed very quickly and do start doing some really dumb things yeah. that we probably wouldn't do if we were in our right mind. Mm-hmm. If we were making sure that we were constantly, you know, keeping our lives pure, but it, ha- it that's what's going to happen to us, and that's when the enemy strikes. He strikes at that moment when we're completely unaware of what's going on.
1: It's those false doctrines, man. Mm-hmm. And the more the more we listen to men from the pulpit or wherever you listen to these religious speakers. If you don't go and prove it for yourself, you will be in that drunken stupor, in that, mm-hmm. in that, in that mode where you were, you were saying we just uh, we don't know, um, uh, we, can't, we don't comprehend, or we just don't yeah. function yeah. very well in, in, in those situations because we're not aware. Yeah, and it says that here, when the
0: pure new wine of the gospel is distorted and the teachings of the word of God are replaced with the teachings of human religious leaders, it becomes the wine of Babylon. That's crazy because Mm -hmm. how many times do you turn on the TV (laughs) and see some preacher preaching a sermon that's like, "What are you talking about, man?" Like they're just saying a bunch of good things that people want to hear that sound good, make people feel good, and applaud and clap and be happy. Mm -hmm. And it's like, there's there's nothing there that's life changing, transformative. I can hear one of those sermons sometimes, and it's like, what what was the point of that? Like, yeah, I felt good and great. I get to go home and I feel good now but was there any appeal to change your life from what you were doing no there wasn't there was nothing there it's just the uh, false teachings of of human religious leaders right and we see that all the time mm-hmm. yeah it's
1: it's like a like a pearl brother it's a pearl that gets agitated right in the ocean yeah. it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger it's the same thing if you're listening to a sermon or somebody talk to you and it's not it's not making you feel uncomfortable and agitating you <laughs> yeah then yeah. he's they're pre, they're you're hearing Something that makes you feel good, like oh yeah, okay. As mm-hmm. long as you don't speak contrary to what I believe and what I do in my life, I'm yeah, good. Yeah. Life is good. But in the meantime, keep feeling that agitation of the Holy Spirit. Yep, because that's that's when change comes, right? Change.
0: makes you feel like, Amen. okay, you know what? There's something going on here. There's something that's being. <laughs> uh, I'm now made aware of something that's going on in my life that I need to change. You know, it's, that that's a, that's a very good point. And, it's that, and one other point I wanted to bring out in this portion of the lesson is to notice, too, that God calls out, calls his people out of Babylon. In other words, no matter how corrupt and evil a system is, it reaches so wide that it can pass, at least for a certain amount of time, his faithful ones or my people, as he calls them. So even though we might see other church systems that are preaching false false you know, false, false doctrine, worship in a false way, God's still saying, look, I love them. Those are my people and i'm gonna call them out come out of her right come out of her my people That's his point. He wants to bring those people out and so so many times that Even in our church specifically not like this our little particular church, but our denomination mm-hmm. I hear a lot of people talk about it as like, oh, well, you guys are an exclusive club You only want people in there who believe like you do Right, I hear that a lot. Yeah, and and there's always this thing of, oh, we look at other people in other churches and those are bad people. And those are people who are, you know, doing the wrong thing. But here, even in Revelation 18, 4, he's telling God has people in other churches. Other churches. God has people in other systems of religion and he has them there and he's calling. Them. He's going to call them out. There's going to be a point where he calls them out and brings them to the truth. Right. He wants them to follow him, follow Jesus Christ 100 percent. And Because and, that is that is the only way.
1: Revelation eighteen two is the reason why God is calling him out. Mm-hmm. He says, and he cried mightily with a loud voice, saying, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen, and has become a dwelling place of what? Demons, Demons. a prison for every foul <clears throat> spirit, and a cage for every unclean and hated bird. That's the reason he's calling us out mm-hmm. because um leaders of churches are leading their people astray. It's not that we are in an exclusive club. It's yeah. that we follow God's word, right? It's not something we make up, AJ. It's something that is, is, is in black and white that we can read for ourselves and interpret for ourselves with the Holy Spirit helping us understand it. Yeah. And people are so mired in, well, they're comfortable. Yeah, they, yeah don't rattle my cage. Don't agitate me. I'm fine. Just leave me here, but that he wants us to come out of that that drunken stupor, that yeah. you know, that mode that we find ourselves in,
0: and, and and it's something that has to be said too. Is that just because we claim to follow Jesus Christ and read the Bible, doesn't mean that we are faultless, Mm-mm. doesn't mean we are perfect. Mm-mm. We're not a perfect people. We're striving each and every day to continue to try to follow Christ. You come into you come into our church, and every church, any church you want to go to, you want to go to another Seventh-day Adventist church, you're going to find people who are mean and angry and grumpy. You're going to find them there too. You're going to find people who are not the nicest people in the world. And many people will look at those people and say, well, man, you know, they're, they're, they're mean too. They're just like anybody else outside the church. Why do I want to go to that church? And and so we have to understand that just because people are in a particular church doesn't necessarily mean they're doing this, the right things. We have to understand that, our, like the Bible tells us, right? Our salvation is, it's individual. We have to follow God for ourselves, yeah. personal savior. We have to accept Jesus Christ for our own life and let him work in our lives. We can't, we're not going to be saved by the pastor or we're not going to be saved by the elder or a family member. So yeah, unfortunately every place is going to have bad people because guess what? What do you think? If Satan's going to attack the church, what is he going to do? Yeah, he's going to put bad people in the church. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. He, he doesn't, he's not going to just leave him out, and once they, hit, once they come to the front door, they're going to turn back. No, he. Mm-hmm. saint wants bad people in the church too because he wants to get everyone
1: else discouraged. We all fall short of the glory of God, right? Yes. You know, the um, church is a hospital. Mm-hmm. It's a place of healing. There's, I, you know, I, I'm a sinner. We're sinners. Yes, all of us are sinners. It's only the covering of God's, you know, God's sacrifice or Christ's sacrifice on the cross and his blood that covers me, right? That uh, gives me that mm-hmm. opportunity, that lifeline, that bridge to, to get back to where we were in the Garden of Eden, back to God, right? Christ is our mediator. He's yep. there waiting for us. And um, we just need to make that choice. Get out of the valley. Get out of, off the wrong peak and get on God's peak. He's the winning team, Amen.
0: Um, Just quickly on Tuesday, since we don't have a whole lot of time left, Um, one other thing that Revelation 17 also talks about is describes the apostate religious system that introduces into Christianity many of the teachings of Old Testament Babylon. I say, oh, what was Old Testament Babylon like? Right, go back to the Bible and tells Genesis 11: 1 through 4, the Tower of Babel was built. Right, this was um, their symbol of human self sufficiency, self preservation, and independence from God. Do, Do we see that today?
1: Absolutely, 100%.
0: <laughs> 100%. Do we see that in the church today? Yes. <laughs> yes, we do. We see it everywhere because th- this is that deception that he's going to try to use against the whole world, right? He wants us to focus on ourselves. Yeah, I can do it. It's all about me. I don't need Jesus in my life, right? So most of the population in and out of the church today lives their lives like ancient Babylon, unfortunately. And God is even calling. when he, I think a lot of times when God says, come out of, her ba- come out of Babylon, my people, it's not just always in the false re- form of religion. It's talking individual inside yes. our hearts because we can be living like, like the false system of Babylon. Right? We could be living like the Old Testament of Babylon in in within our own hearts, and so we focus <clears throat> all about glorifying ourselves, having a defiance against the Word of God, and that's something that's that's just mm-hmm. we already know which path that's gonna that's gonna lead us to,
1: right? We can fool friends, family, <clears throat> and sometimes. We probably get to that mode where we fool ourselves because we, we're so deep in, yeah. into these, uh, in this uh, deceptions. Uh, but God knows the heart. Yeah. That's the thing. You can, you can bamboozle anyone you want, but you can't bamboozle God. Mm-hmm. And that was about spiritual.
0: Um, spiritual Babylon represents a religion based on human teachings, established on human ideas, supported by human traditions. It is a form of human-made religion built by perhaps brilliant human religious leaders but it stands in opposition to the power of the gospel, the church that Jesus built, a church that is built on love and not violence. When um, I read that, it was taking me back to an article I read last week. Um, I don't know what I was searching for. I was searching for work and I came across an article that taught, that literally specifically said the, the decline of Christianity in America. And it caught my attention. So I I read it, right? And it was talking about that in the last 30 years that, the decline of people who profess as Christians in this country has drastically decreased. Um, I think 1980 was around 90%, and now today it's around 63%. And so I was like, "What? what's the reasoning for that? Like, what are people going to? And it was talking about that more and more people are leaving Christianity, their traditional churches, mm-hmm. and seeking to have um, what they call more spiritual experiences, mm-hmm. out-of-body experiences or some type of something that was that they would feel and not so much what was based on what they knew they just liked to have that out of body experience or that spiritual spiritualism experience. Yeah. yeah and so they they were they were turning to that more today than anything and that was something that was happening and it's like man that's just exactly what this was talking about you know exactly these all these different types of of human made religions that are going to be built up to stand completely in opposition to Jesus because it's the complete opposite of what following Christ, right? They say, well, I don't look as God as God. I look at God as a spiritual being or a spiritual experience. (laughs) Okay. You know, there's, there's, there's that too, but we're seeing it already. We're seeing that happening today. And it's just something that we're going to continue to see happening each and every day. Um, as, as there's more deception introduced into this world.
1: Yeah, that's a lot. (laughs) Heavy (laughs) stuff. People feel like, uh, yeah, there's people out there that feel like they are God. There is no God, and they are the God, and they create their own environment. Yeah. That's heavy. And as we
0: talked about already in the first angel's message, and that that first section of Revelation reveals to us total trust in Jesus, dependence on his word. And the second um, angel's message, and talking about specifically the first woman and the second woman, the second reveals trust in human authority dependence on human religious teachers so we see this the contrasting sides right we see both sides we see what's going on that there's only two sides that we're going to that are presenting themselves to us and so we have to <laughs> as simple as it sounds we have to pick a side
1: yeah
0: i mean what's going to come down yeah. to is that we're going to all have to pick a side at some point to decide which side we want to be on
1: you know we have time for the wednesday uh, called call to commitment quickly quickly yes it's um we have to make there's an urgent call god is calling us to make a commitment you can continue in 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 your beliefs and how you believe mm-hmm. uh, what man has taught you or you can believe what god's word <clears throat> has taught us yeah. there's only two there the the, the the the, symbolization, the symbolism of the two women, um, you're going to be in one or the other. Yeah. See, God will, if you decide to stay where you're at and you're comfortable in your lifestyle, <clears throat> God is going to manifest it in a way where it becomes more truer to you and more believable, yeah though you're in the wrong system. It's not that God wants that but it's, you've rejected the Holy Spirit. He wants you to come out to and be part of the true church, the pure church, the church that follows God's commandments, the church of love. God is love. His entire government is based on love. Satan's uh, government is based on destruction, death. We're living in a world right now that is deteriorating and falling apart. Yeah. And uh, we can see, 8 billion, you said earlier. Yeah. We can't even feed 8 billion people. <laughs> no. We can't sustain this much longer. God is coming soon. And I'll close with that.
0: Yeah, and I think just to close with that statement here that's in the center of Wednesday, and it says, his church is based on the teachings of his word and guided by his spirit. On the contrary, Babylon, as we have seen, is rooted in the human-made teachings and traditions. Any religious leader, any religious leader who substitutes human opinions or traditions in the place of or above the revealed will of God in the scriptures is simply fostering Babylonian confusion. And that's not always, like I said, outside the church. That is also happening within the church. Yes. you know, And so that's something that we have to be aware of, and that's something that we have to be paying attention to. And it says here, like you just said, our, our call to commitment, right? There's always only been two sides. And I hope that this lesson this morning brings us to a point where we can ask ourselves what side do we want to be on. Amen. Amen. All right, let us close with prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you that we've had this opportunity to come together and to study your word, Lord, and to be able to see more about Revelation 17 and this Babylonian system, Lord, of of false religion and false teachings and false worship, Lord. We pray that you will help us to continue to follow the right way, follow the Bible, follow Jesus Christ. We all have a choice to make, Lord, and we pray that this morning as as we have studied, that you will help us to make the right choice in following Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. In this we pray, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you have any questions or comments about this week's lesson, please go to our Thank podcast you, page on our website, threeangelssda.org slash podcast. That's the number three angelssda.org slash podcast and use the comments section. There you can listen to any of the previous lessons as well as our other programs. Also, don't forget to subscribe, like and share this podcast
1: on Spotify, Google podcast and Apple podcast. Just search for ABQ three angels podcast.